We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I'm Julia Plugi with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. And I'm Michaela Ray with the National Wild Turkey Federation. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. Just this past year, my kids that are 11, 8, and then I have four-year-old twins have grown to love fishing. Uh, you know, especially this time of year, in the hunting season is over, school is out, like they grab the fishing pole and would fish all day long, which is absolutely fun and exciting, especially when they have the big catches or even the little catch, it's so big to them. Uh, they love experimenting with different lures and baits. And my son happened to a couple years ago, he got a a subscription box with different types of baits and lures and he now has this big tackle box with everything he wants to try out and it's it's just fun it's like an experiment for him we're going to move into this week's topic which happens to be on fishing again anytime they catch a fish it's like winning the lottery uh you know and recently their their typical fish has been bluegill uh, and largemouth bass this summer, I want to challenge the kids to catch a new species. So the other day, I was talking with Grace Gar, Nebraska Game and Parks Aquatic Ecology Education Specialist, asking for her expert advice on different species of fish for the boys to, to try to catch throughout our state. Grace recommended yellow perch. Uh, so living in eastern Nebraska nearly my entire life, the species of fish I was not aware really existed. Uh, and so I started questioner where the winds the hows uh you know and at that point i knew this conversation we needed to be make this a podcast episode because i i thought our fellow listeners on this podcast would really enjoy this conversation too uh, you know we have a lot of listeners that are in nebraska and honestly nationwide so i want them to also draw some interest i have grace on the other microphone welcome Hello. Grace, tell us what your <laughs> title is with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. So my title is Aquatic Ecology Education Specialist, but basically it could be Aquatic Education Specialist. So I focus yeah. more on aquatic habitats. How about that? <laughs> Specialist here with the Nebraska Game and Parks is what kind of will bring us into this main point of the conversation on yellow perch because you know my conversation of okay i i live in eastern nebraska this is where my kids go fishing why aren't we catching yellow perch and she seems to be the perfect shoes to have this conversation with us and you're going to find out but first grace tell us about your job i mean your title sounds fun uh, we would like to say, yes, you're just the aquatic education specialist, but we got to type, we got to put in that scientific word into it. And so tell us about your job and, and what do you do on a, a typical daily basis or does your job even, is it typical? What do you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of typical in terms of maybe what I'd be doing during different times of the year. One of the biggest 
parts of my position, at least initially starting out, um, has been Trout in the Classroom. So um, Trout in the Classroom is a statewide program, and actually it's a national program, but um, I'm the coordinator for the state of Nebraska. And it's where teachers can essentially get some training and um, all the supplies, and they can raise trout from eggs to small fingerlings throughout the spring semester and do fun lesson plans with their students and, and help help them learn more about Nebraska's aquatic resources through the use of this fish. So that's like a big part of what I do. It's a lot of coordination, talking to teachers, making sure that things stay organized. And usually we would have field trips. I still haven't done that for the last two years because of COVID, but I'm very much looking forward to that uh, this coming spring. So that's also a huge part would be kind of delivering those field trips for students to get outside, go fishing, release their trout in the approved areas, just do some other fun games to learn about aquatic resources. And then I also, that aquatic ecology, so just thinking about, um, you know, macroinvertebrates that live in our water systems and what they can tell us about water quality um, and just any, any sort of um, public program that I can do to, to talk to people, get them outside, um, even tonight, I'm joining Larry out at a family fishing night to bring the macroinvertebrate dipping kit so people can, can kind of, you know, if the kids are kind of getting kind of bored fishing, they can try this other activity. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that I do that are different and change. I'm also working on a really cool project for wetland outreach and education, um, where we are working with you know, photographers, videographers, trying to create these really engaging resources about Nebraska's different wetlands. So it's a cool job. I think it's still going to even expand. We're getting into kayaking, which is exciting for me because um, I love recreation and getting people out there. So yeah, it, it looks kind of different depending on the day. Definitely sounds like a lot of fun, a lot of connection with it. You know, you're, you're mentioning this evening, we have the family fishing nights here in Nebraska. And those are evenings where families are invited to go to um, a local lake or pond. And we have set dates across the entire state doing macroinvertebrate dipping. And not only is it just this extra activity for the kids to do if they don't want to fish at the time, but that broad perspective, it's, it's a connection to this, what you're catching is part of that habitat in which is required for that fish to survive and so perhaps you know if the families or the kids go on their own sometime and try to look for macroinvertebrates and they're not finding anything they might start making that connection to well perhaps this is why I'm not catching fish either I, mean, I think we could have a whole entire conversation on this as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's such a great point though yeah really really getting to people to see those connections and uh, if there's not a great fish population, it's probably tied to, you know, what else is in that water. So definitely. Yeah. And Grace mentioned the kayaking too. And uh, I just roped her into helping us <laughs> with a school day activity in September at the Missouri River Outdoor Expo in the school day. And that might be your first field trip. I don't know. Is that going to be the first field trip <laughs> you get to do? Well, yeah, probably with game and parks. Um, yeah, before this, I was, you know, a naturalist at Fontenelle Forest for five years. So I did lots of field trips then and yeah. I miss it a lot. So I am excited to finally post COVID ish get to finally be with kids again. So definitely they're going to be kayaking and we're going to encourage the kids while they're kayaking to kind of look around and again, touching on that habitat, mm -hmm. uh, fishing and kayaking are becoming more and more of a popular 
opportunity or sometimes when you're just fishing on or you're on the shorelines you just see that habitat as along with the shoreline but what is on the other side of the lake that you can reach with a kayak or in the middle of the lake. And again, I don't know, we may have to have a whole conversation yeah. <laughs> on kayak fishing alone. We've digressed a little bit and that's fine, but not really. You know, we, it leads <laughs> us into the conversation of talking about yellow perch. When I was asking Grace about a spe species of fish, her eyes instantly glowed. She said the word yellow perch. Why is that? I mean, why did you go to that? I mean, you didn't go to any walleye. You didn't pick any bass. You didn't go to a trout. Um, pallid sturgeon even. I mean, it's pallid <laughs> sturgeon season, but why yellow perch? Yeah, for yellow perch, for me, it just holds a ton of memories. Yeah, it just makes me think of all the summers I've spent at my grandparents' cabin, which is kind of on a lake in the, the border of Minnesota and South Dakota. Um, and so a lot of times my grandpa had a boat and loved fishing and I totally credit him to taking me fishing and getting me interested in it. And so one of the fish species we were always catching was yellow perch. It was also a fantastic fish to eat. Maybe when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate it, but especially as I've gotten older, I, I love them and they're they are, in doing a little more research too, they are honestly like one of the best pan fish to eat. So um, maybe next to walleye, they're, they're close, but um, yellow perch are, are really good to eat. So, um, and they're fun to catch too. So they, they usually have a really good um, little tug action on, on the pole when you're, when you're fishing, you kind of have to be patient. My, my husband actually is a big largemouth bass person, like loves them and so he was kind of blown away when we started dating about like how well I could catch yellow perch because he was not used to like being patient and sitting and waiting a little bit. So um, yeah, they, they're really fun to catch and I, that's kind of why I chose them. Well, I'm not sure with my, my kids and their patience that may, <laughs> <laughs> maybe this trying to catch yellow perch will help them build some patient skills. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the, the food payoff out of them is good, but also, um, usually when you, once you find one, then it's like, they're all biting usually, um, cause nice. they're kind of attracted to, um, you know, the action of one getting caught. So usually once you find the school, cause they like to hang out in schools together, okay. um, you'll, you'll be catching more than one. So, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's a good, that's good to know. What are the unique characteristics does this fish have over species? So, you know, let's, let's talk about it. It's the podcast. So we can't now I'll show a physical picture in our show notes, but mm -hmm. you know, what is the, uh, tell us a little bit about the color, the average size, what makes them stand out that if I were to catch this fish, I would instantly know mm -hmm. this is a yellow perch. Yeah, so yellow perch, I think, are also really attractive looking fish. They don't get necessarily huge, although I did read that the largest one caught was like four pounds, which I thought was crazy because that is not normal for, for most perch, especially in Nebraska. They'll probably be a little bit smaller. Yeah, they might be like a foot long at most, but most of them are going to be like five to 10 inches, maybe long. And definitely when they're schooling and they're younger, they'll be smaller, but they, they're kind of a green on their body. They get a little lighter on their belly and have kind of the brighter orange fins down on their belly. And then they also have like, kind of like blackish green bars running vertically 
down their body. Yeah, they're, they're a really cool looking fish. They're pretty easy to recognize. They definitely have those spiny rays on top um, in their dorsal fin as well. So they're not necessarily huge, but they're a little more elongated than maybe like a bluegill if you're kind of comparing bluegill are more rounded and these guys are a little bit longer and stretched out. It's always cool how, to me, how species of fish, there's so many different species and how they are so unique in their patterns and um, the characteristics of their body. That is just so cool how that has evolved, I guess. Yeah. And, and I think a big thing when you think about perch and they like to school together, um, they are a general size where most they're they're prey they're prey fish a lot to other species so larger fish even larger perch will eat smaller perch birds will eat perch so they're kind of us they're they're uh, easy to eat for a lot of other species so they kind of need that vertical bar camouflage um, and when they're schooling together I think that kind of helps you know confuse predators a little bit make them um, maybe even look bigger type yeah, yeah, I think, and if they're in a little bit of vegetation, it would help them blend in with that. Sure. And, That's so. cool. So you were talking about fishing and catching yellow perch in the northern borders, I said, of the state, is it in Nebraska, uh, on your grandpa's cabin, and, and you had mentioned two northern states to Nebraska. So that got to my mind thinking, Okay, you're, if you're in the northern part of the country, <laughs> that probably t- is telling me there's a different habitat situation there. Where, what type of habitat do you find <clears throat> yellow perch? You know, are the bodies, is this body of water different than perhaps here in southeast Nebraska? Yeah, that's a great question. So definitely perch are more of a cool water species, yellow perch are. So they can be found in Nebraska for sure, but they are going to be more common up on the northern edge of Nebraska or the western side of Nebraska. Those are kind of the spots where our climate is a little bit different, a little bit cooler, water stays a little cooler. Um, When you get down to like eastern and southern Nebraska, Um, You think about a lot of our lakes, they end up getting pretty full of algae and really warm. And um, the yellow perch just don't really thrive in that type of habitat. So that that would be why if you're fishing in our area, you probably won't catch one and probably won't see one. But um, if you travel just a few hours, you can you can definitely find them in Nebraska. And yeah, they like those cooler, cooler lakes. um, And they kind of, you know, they like lakes with kind of um, gravelly bottoms or sandy bottoms um, with some vegetation, but um, not like we get, our waters get kind of murky and just full and hot. <laughs> so by the end of August, you know, all those fish probably, they definitely wouldn't be surviving in our, our waterways. So and if you're not familiar with the state, if you're not familiar with Nebraska, like our state is literally split into two different worlds where Grace was just talking about the the panhandle or the western or the northern part of Nebraska. It's sand, it's cooler weather. 
Uh, it's not as humid, if not even humid mm -hmm. at all. Uh, the, like she said, it's just basically the waters of these small waterways or lakes or ponds. It's just clear, blue, gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And then there's Southeast Nebraska that is like a completely different country where <laughs> it's, it's hot, it's humid. We're sitting in Lincoln, Nebraska right now doing this podcast and we're dying of humidity. Um, I mean, nothing's wrong. The whole state is beautiful, but yeah. it, it's a completely different environment. And that just the yellow perch don't, that's not their, that's not their love. And mm -hmm. so I encourage our listeners to go explore Western Nebraska. And we talked about our parks a couple episodes ago while you're up and visiting our Western Nebraska parks, yeah. you can also be uh, fishing for yellow perch. I want to go back to, you were talking about vegetation and these, these bodies of water that fish are in don't have a lot of vegetation. What do they feed on? What do they want in their bodies mm -hmm. of water to survive? They don't mind some vegetation or even some lily pads, things like that. But yeah, if it's really Really thick that that's not what they prefer so the types of waters they like and and it does depend on the season too in terms of where you can find them so you know when it's spring or or early spring they're going to be about to be spawning which is you know when they're mating and so they might be in those shallower areas so early spring is a good time if you're just like fishing off a dock to try to maybe catch them closer to shore. But yeah, they like those those sandy bottoms. They don't necessarily make a nest or anything, but that's kind of where they like to hang out. And they'll find lots of aquatic insects to eat, other small fish, maybe minnows, you know, that's that's the kind of stuff that they're going to be looking for. And of course, when they're even younger, they, they'll eat some plant material too, I think. But as they get older, they like to switch over their diet to eat mostly aquatic insects and fish. So they, they need a habitat that definitely has that sort of stuff. And, and usually a little bit cooler water does have pretty good populations of macroinvertebrates, which are those aquatic insects. So yeah. And then one of the things that they do like as seasons change and the temperatures get a little hotter, they like areas that can be um, shaded. So under a dock um, in the shade of maybe a tree or where there's like a drop off into the water. Um, those are kind of some of the places they would hang out because they like to stay a little cooler in the day. And then when it starts to get dark out is when they'll really come back out and um, be able to move around more and be hunting essentially. So that's a good time to fish for them if it's summer um, is, is kind of when the sun's going down and right after dark they live in my type of habitat like, yeah yeah <laughs> i want cool water and i'm only gonna come out at night when it's cooler that just sounds yep. like me <laughs> <laughs> me too i know i've been like i get home after work and i'm like I'm not going out until it's like 8.30. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I get it. I totally am right there with you. Let's start fishing with the, for these fish. Mm -hmm. What type of bait and lures would work best to catch a yellow perch? I will, I will preface I'm not an expert in lures, but I know that they do respond to, uh, I think they make those like bait crayfish um, lures. They will, perch will eat crayfish. And so they, you know, when they have, you have those scented crayfish lures, sometimes they're a little bit too big. You can like cut them and make them smaller. And, and so the fish will go after those. I, this is terrible. I don't know the actual like name of them, but there's like a little squiggle of a lure. <laughs> it's really small. <laughs> it's like only like an inch or two inches. So they don't need any like big lures or anything basically what she's saying is you don't need anything fancy that's yeah what she's saying yeah. that's what yep. she's saying yep 
and it's okay to not be an expert in gores. <laughs> um, but that's the main reason I don't know much about them is because whenever I've fished for perch, yellow perch, I've always been fishing with um, live bait. So um, perch that are larger will definitely go after minnows. So you can use minnows. They like, you know, if you have something that's going to move a bit on your hook, that's pretty helpful to attract them. Um, definitely worms. Um, maggots or they're also called spikes um and any other like mealworms things like that and crickets as well so you could go to a pet store and grab those i that was a new one for me i've never used crickets but yeah. um and even i saw that in the late summer they'll they'll go after like grasshoppers if you're able to catch a grasshopper and and put that on there because they would in the summer they might fall into the water by accident so perch would go after those have some live bait on there that will probably give you the best success and growing up i mostly used worms and um spike but i will say i used spikes just i was up there a little while ago like they were not going after the spikes so i think they like stuff a little bit meatier and then the spikes are better for fall maybe so uh, well now you make a good note that it just may depend on the type mm -hmm. of season it is to what spikes their interest in what they want to eat the live bait too would be fun for even my kids to spend mm -hmm. some time finding that stuff on their own you don't have to buy it buy it and it makes even a more challenge and a more fun experience for them because they always inf enjoy finding their own worms yeah now you can send them out Grubs. for crickets and grass totally <laughs> i mean we got like a week planned here <laughs> Are there any special techniques or hints that you want to share? You know, a few questions ago, you had mentioned, kind of gave us a little, few little hints as to how this species of fish is different than the largemouth uh, mm -hmm. bass that your husband likes to catch. Uh, let's let's focus a little bit more on that. What techniques would help mm -hmm. me catch this fish? Yeah, so I think this is a good fish also you could use a bobber with because... They do a little like gentle tug, pull a couple times. It's like a tease and then they'll go under. So like watching that bobber and, and kind of being prepared for that. Cause as soon as, you know, they, they grab on, it's a good time to pull up and get them on the hook. They kind of play with it though, similar to how sometimes bluegill will also do that. So, um, and they tend to hang out in similar areas. So you might be catching bluegill as well while you're fishing for perch cause they are are in some ways similar in terms of how they, they bite. If you're during the middle of the day, you'd wanna fish next to something that's providing them cover. So on the edge of maybe a bunch of vegetation um, that they might be hanging out in to stay cool or on the edge of a dock even. Because my husband's so used to, you know, casting into a bunch of stuff far away and, you know, coming back. And so I think I've, I've kind of shown him, you know, I can literally just drop this in right next to the dock and it will work. Yeah, so they like to kind of hang out um, in those spots with cover. So if you're fishing for them, you'll kind of want to like place it on the edge of that and try to entice them. But if you're out in a boat, um, yeah, they kind of move to, they don't go below like 30 feet, but they like to be um, in some of those areas where there might be a shelf or where it's a little cooler. So they might kind of move out to deeper water, especially during the day where they can stay cooler in the summer. But yeah, that, those are probably some of the biggest techniques I can think of. Um, just being kind of patient too, but knowing once you find them, because that's kind of the hardest part is finding them sometimes, there will usually be more to follow. So nice. 
good techniques, good skills. So after the catch, I have successfully caught my first yellow perch. Uh, what is the best way of cleaning yellow perch? Do you fillet them like you do bluegill? Or what are some techniques that would give me the best uh, quality or the uh, meat that I can get? Yeah, so um, yeah, they, you want to make sure they're definitely a little bit of the on the larger side so that it is worth it because because you can catch them and they'll be you know about I don't know five inches long and that's like not terrible but that might be too small you know so yeah it's um, like bluegill bluegill are kind of similar like if you get them too small then it's more of a pain to be able to fill that meat than it's really worth so you're better off tossing them back in right yeah so just making sure that it's actually going to be a decent size and you're going to get meat from it and then yeah you just fillet them I I that's not something that I've really done I would like to learn more about doing that but I've definitely watched my grandpa do it a lot of times and yeah he just would fillet fillet them and put them right in a bowl of water before we move them on to the next step. Expert flayers do it like so quick. I'm just always so amazed by they're just like slis, 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 slis the yeah. knife a couple of <laughs> times and they're done. I'm like, uh, I'm still working on my first one here. And yeah, I know my husband tried it. He used a knife, but my grandpa always had a, like the actual electric layer oh. I don't know. Um, and that you seem to work pretty well, usually nice. and a lot easier. <laughs> Nice. I think I would probably have to even build some technique to use the electric yeah. fillet. I probably would go too fast and cut my <laughs> yeah. hand off or something. <laughs> I know. I know. We realized once we tried it, kind of, we were like, this is a lot harder than we thought. So oh, yeah. you can get some really great, great pieces of um, fish off of there. So um, absolutely. Frying. So when I was doing a little bit of research before this episode, I was reading an article from the Nebraska land that was written by Daryl Bauer and Daryl Bauer is our expert um, angler through Mm -hmm. the Game and Parks Commission. Uh, He like lives and breathes fishing and is the know-all. In his article, he quotes saying that yellow perch are just as tasty good as their big cousin, the walleye. And Grace even mentioned that in the beginning of this podcast. You know, by the way, I'll, I'll share this article on our show notes too. But Grace, what is your favorite way to prepare yellow how do you prepare it how do you like to (laughs) slap it on your plate I would definitely say classic fish fry yeah just putting them through some breading like breading them and then frying them in a cast iron pan with some oil and they just turn out so good I mean nice with a little bit of lemon juice real good you don't have to do too much to it because flavors there it's not fishy they're really good to eat do you notice that and I I asked this because my son recently has started using that it's fishy yeah I are fish that are in different types of body of water like your yellow perch are they tend to be less fishy than maybe our fish that are in murky water here in southeast Nebraska or does what gives a fish a less fishy of a taste than a different species? Um, that is actually a really good question. That's like one of those classic questions that I'm surprised I don't, I don't know for sure the answer, but I do think that that could probably be playing a role is what kind of habitat and, and maybe something to do too with the fish and what it's eating. 
So, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, maybe if you're eating a different fish that has a fishier taste, it could be because of what they're, maybe what they were eating and ingesting and sure what flavors that, that puts in their body. <laughs> that would make sense. Definitely. I yeah. think maybe I need to have my son like make that his 4-H project this summer. Oh, and I love that. Yes. Do an experiment as what makes <laughs> I'm gonna have to. You're gonna. I'm like. You're gonna have to taste test it. <laughs> I'm gonna write this question down. I'm gonna find out because you I, do. We now do. I'm, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put this information in the show notes. The the answer. And I was also gonna make note that you talked about panfish and just coating it and frying it up in a skillet. I recently discovered and it may be a whole marketing ploy I don't know but I purchased a box of like seasoning at a store here in Lincoln that was designed for the air fryer and I was like usually I'm kind of like I'm leery on that like is this just a marketing ploy right you know are they just telling me it's for an air fryer so that I will use it my and buy it but I, tr- I tried it, you know, and because I, I, we've been wanting to put some fish in the air fryer and the, what we had been using really hadn't been working, but to be truthful, it really, it did. It made a difference. Like there was just something with the texture of that coating that it was amazing. Oh. And yes. So if you're an air fryer user, like it was delicious. That sounds amazing. I've, yes. I'm trying to work on getting an air fryer. I can't convince someone else in my house that it would be yeah. a good purchase. But <laughs> I, I feel like it would be awesome. I love anything that's a little crispy. So Yes. Uh, well, we only live a few miles apart. So yeah. <laughs> I'll just invite and like... <laughs> you and your husband come over and we'll have a little fish fry be like look what came out of my air fryer yeah <laughs> don't look inside because it's really nasty inside but all good food I think sometimes comes from crust so yep we've talked about the habitat we've talked about what they look like how to catch this yellow perch what am I missing is there anything that I've missed that you just love about this fish that you want to share with the listeners I I think they're just like a really fun fish to catch and like you were mentioning you're kind of worried maybe your kids can't be too patient for when they're trying to catch them but honestly they're if there's even a school of them and they're like little babies they're they're still super fun to catch um, and exciting you know so they're kind of good for all ages I would say which is which is good to keep in mind. Um, you just kind of got to watch out for those spines at the top when you catch them. But otherwise, you know, they're they're easy to catch. They're fun. Usually, since they're smaller, and if you use a little bit smaller hook, you don't have to worry too much about, you know, losing the hook in them or anything. So, but yeah, otherwise, if people were looking for certain lakes up, you know, in Nebraska that would probably have them, my, I would say Merritt Reservoir might be a good one. Um, they also have a lot of muskie and walleye, so <laughs> the perch might get eaten quite a bit in that lake, uh, but, but so. it, it is a cooler, you know, temperatured lake and, and a good habitat for those fish, so it's probably a good habitat for the perch as well. Do people stock yellow perch? Yes, um, I actually was just at the Valentine Fish Hatchery a couple months ago, and they had some yellow perch um, that they were taking care of and, and I think going to get ready to stock, so... How cool is that? Grace, to go fishing in Nebraska, what do I need? Yeah, so um, I believe it's if you're 16 and up, you need a fishing permit. Yeah, that, that's just the biggest thing that you're going to want to have that allows you to, to take a certain amount of fish and 
that's just a state requirement. If you're over 16, you need to have one of those. Those funds that come from the small amount that we pay for an annual fishing permit, or if you're visiting the state, you can get a non-resident fishing permit, or you can even just get like a day. Like if you want to come in to Nebraska for one day uh, and try to find yellow perch or whatever species, you can buy one day or entire annual. But those funds that come from that are going back to the habitat uh, development. It's going back mm -hmm. to pay even like Grace's position to educate the youth on aquatic education, habitat. And then she just mentioned about the aquarium and stocking fish. Those funds also go to our biologists and our aquariums and our hatcheries that are raising these fish that will go out and stock it so that we can continue to improve and provide those, uh, the populations just to keep the, the cycle of life going for our aquatic species. Yeah, the work that our fish hatcheries do I've learned a lot about it in the last year because I was working to make a video about them and they're, they do a lot and they, they really work to make our hatcheries and our fisheries as healthy as they can be and the most fun fishing for everyone that they can. So yeah, it's a really, really good place for that money to be going to. A lot of science behind it. And that's mm -hmm. what I love to see. And I think it'd be fun to have a guest on here sometime from our hatcheries and, and just talk about their daily research and the care from all the way to the spawn to, oh, I could go mm -hmm. on and on up <laughs> maybe say yeah. that. All right, Grace, anything else that you would like to share with us? That's it. I Thanks for listening and just hope everyone is able to get outside and explore some of those aquatic ecosystems we have in Nebraska. As a side note, my understanding is yellow perch is a good ice fishing species oh, too. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. It's That's another thing I'd love to get more into is ice fishing. Yeah, that's a big one people are, are usually fishing for when they're ice fishing, so... I'm thinking ice fishing today. It's supposed to be like 100 <laughs> degrees today in the next couple uh, of days. We should have just spent this whole episode talking about ice fishing. So it makes it feel like yeah. you're in the winter. <laughs> I know it was, it's already so humid this morning. It was like, no. Ah, uh, we should have, we should have went to Northern Nebraska to record this. Yes. On <laughs> pond. <laughs> yes. I would have loved that. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us again. I definitely learned a lot about yellow perch, everything from the species itself, from what they eat. My kids are going to have a blast trying to find their own bait. Uh, we're going to work on those patient skills, but like you said, I think <laughs> once they find it, they will get there. And to our listeners, you know, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook at She Goes Outdoors and be sure to share us with your friends and your family. Like, subscribe, and rate us on our podcast to get updates on future episodes and tell us how we're doing. We want to know what topics you want to hear. Be sure to let us know. Keep sharing your awesome photos and videos with us, uh, whether you can send them through email, you can send them and put them on Facebook. And always, thank you for joining us. We will see you outdoors. Mm -hmm.